Today we talk about awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. That is our mission. And if we are locked onto that mission and we are successful in that mission, then we will begin to see transformed lives. What a disciple looks like here at St. Luke's, that we are to grow and become. People who celebrate transform lives of freedom to know that we are set free from our sin and free to live for God. To also live transformed lives of joy, that this is, a, this is a, a, an incredible joyous opportunity to follow God, to be in his presence, to be in worship with him, and to celebrate who he is. And we can have joy even in incredible difficulties, that we can rejoice. So those are two great things, a life of freedom, a life of joy. And today, we talk about a life of sacrifice and what that looks like. How do we live transformed lives of sacrifice? See, Jesus taught that whenever you do something good for the least of these, my brothers, that we do it not only for them, but it's like we are doing it for Jesus. Which begs the question, who, who is Matthew talking about when he says, the least of these, my brothers? When Jesus speaks those words, who's he referring to? Right? Maybe he's talking about those who are in need. There are some commentators who say, no, it's, it's the fellow believers, the Christian community. And then there's more commentators who say, no, it's those who teach and preach the word of God. Which, by the way, uh, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, just as a side note before I forget. <laughs> so regardless of the least of these, if it's, if it's pastors and teachers, if it's if it's people who, who speak and teach God's word, or if it's the fellowship of all believers everywhere, or if it's those who find themselves in society as vulnerable and in need. Jesus teaches that when we do for these people, it's like we are doing it for him. However, whenever we pass by the opportunity to serve one of these, my brothers and sisters, we miss the opportunity to serve Jesus. Right? So the goal that we live and that we strive for by the power of the Holy Spirit is to experience transformed lives of freedom, joy, and sacrifice. This life of sacrifice is being so full of Jesus to have your heart awakened that we desire to do good as if we were doing things to serve him personally. As a husband, father, pastor, co-worker, friend, neighbor, citizen, we live lives of transformed lives of sacrifice that Jesus not only wants us to help others because it's convenient, but he wants us to surrender personal gain to build up the kingdom of God. Now, the field of psychology has uh, a, a concept and, and theory that I think could be helpful in, in, as we process through our, our learning today. It's called the conscious competence learning model. Some of you may be familiar with this. It starts off on one part, you are unconscious and incompetent. This means that you don't know the question and you have the skill. This is like complete and total wrong. But then you move from unconscious incompetence down to conscience incompetence. Now you know what you need to know, but you don't have the skill to actually do it. Then from there you slide over into conscience incompetence. Excuse me, you move over into conscious competence, which means now you know what to do, and you can do it at great effort. And then finally, you graduate all the way to inconscious 
competence, which means that you can do it without even thinking. It's just like breathing. You just naturally do it and you're unaware of it. So we see the sheep and the goats in today's teaching that the, the goats would be the unconscious incompetent, right? They don't even know the right question. They don't know the right skills. And the disciples who Jesus calls the sheep, those are the unconscious competent, those who, who are doing the right thing but don't even realize it. It's just natural. It flows out of what they do. So all of us in this room are somewhere in that progression of conscious competence as we are learning and growing in our discipleship, as God transforms us to live lives of sacrifice. We're all somewhere in those four stages. For those who are in the unconscious incompetence, you're unaware of the skill and you lack proficiency, we see this judgment scene unfold. And as, as Jesus returns and stands as judge, he separates all the people. And if we're being totally honest, if he were to come into this room this very morning, he would separate the sheep from the goats. Now, I'm sorry, the, you guys, I'm not insinuating that you guys are all the sheep and you guys are all the goats. But I can tell you that there are sheep and goats in this room. There are both. Just let that sink in. And if you are a goat, there is time. There's urgency, but there is time for you to experience growth in the Holy Spirit to get to the place where you are a sheep. And it doesn't happen by your power. It happens by you stopping rejecting him and to receive him and allow him to bring transformation into your life. And we can see that as we work through these conscious competencies. So the unconscious incompetent. Right now, it's, it's not about what they do. It's about what they believe, right? Because the whole key to this parable that Jesus teaches is not the effects that you do and the notes that have been taken and the register and, and, and inventory of all the good stuff or all the bad stuff. It has everything to do with faith because those with faith, all of their works are credited to them as good and righteous. For those without faith, even the ones who, who are incredibly good in society's eyes, if they're done without faith, only the bad things are seen. Faith is what determines judgment, the sheep and the goats. It's faith or no faith. So the goats are, are totally unaware. They don't even know the question. It's possible to sit in church your entire life and not get the gospel. You can hear God's word over and over and over and sit in church and go through the motions and reject the gospel. And this is what it sounds like. Maybe it sounds like, I don't need it right now. I've, I've got my life in, in working order all on my own. Or, or I, don't, I don't want it. I, that's not something that's even attractive to me. I don't want to sacrifice myself to receive his life. Or maybe there's some of you in this room today that believe the lie that you don't deserve it because of the places you've been and the things that you've done and the person you are. Those are all lies. Because the reality is that all of us are sinful that all of us are poor in spirit, as Matthew 
writes the gospel. The poor in spirit are poor in spirit because they recognize their spirit is broken and in need of salvation. So the goats are totally unaware. They're clueless about what they did to serve others. They did not serve the Lord. The whole mission that we have here at St. Luke's, awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. This is a renewed effort to move us through these stages of learning so that we can become unconsciously competent in living a life of freedom, a life of joy, a life of sacrifice. And next week we talk about, my favorite, a life of renewal. See, hearing the word of God and letting it reveal your deepest need to be saved, opening your eyes to this, makes you yearn for the grace that God provides. And so we move from unconscious incompetence to conscience incompetence. Now we know what we need. We know we need grace. We know we need forgiveness and salvation, but we have no idea how to go about that. And honestly, a lot of people get stuck here. You hear the gospel. You receive Jesus, but you're content to say, I'm a poor, miserable sinner, but thank goodness Jesus died on the cross to forgive all my sins. I can just keep on going on sinning. This is cheap grace. The conscious incompetent is the one who says, I've got all that I need. I don't need to do anything more. I don't need to let God change who I am. I love the little idols that I form in my life, the places that I find my happiness and security. I like the bad habits that I have. I don't want to surrender and give those up and live in a different lifestyle. You see, the truth is we really don't want to examine our lives to root out our little idols and those pet sins that we actively seek to hang on to. We resist that desire to become more and more like the person God created us to be and Jesus died and rose again to make us. There's this old story about the chicken and the pig. And the chicken and the pig, they get tired and fed up of, of life on the farm, and so they, they run away. And as they run away, they're, they're, they're living their life and enjoying life together, and all of a sudden they start running out of money. And they realize, we need to, we need to work and, and make some money. And the, and the chicken sees this breakfast spot and says, I've got a great idea. Let's sell them bacon and eggs. To which the pig says, that's a horrible idea. Well, it's wrong, says the chicken. Well, for you, it's just a donation. For me, <laughs> it's my life. See, I wonder when we're stuck in this inconscious, or conscious incompetence, when we know what we need, but we don't want to engage in it. It's like the pig saying, I'm afraid to go whole hog on this situation. Jesus is asking us to dive in, not just test the waters, but plunge into his grace to receive his spirit and allow ourselves to be transformed by, by, by the power of God. Now, when you, when you want this, when you yearn for this, you start taking steps to allow God to make changes in your life. You hear the word of God and you let it reveal the deep need that you have. And you begin to think about the ways that God may be wanting to change you. Now, when we were going through our strategic planning process, we were very intentional to not say, transform lives of service. We instead chose sacrifice. 
Because service sounds, it sounds like whenever it's convenient. If I've got a little bit extra time or a little bit extra money, then I'll see what kind of impact God might make with me. See, that's, that's service. But sacrifice. Sacrifice is so much that it begins to cut into who you are. It begins to, to impact what you do recreationally. It begins to, to impact what you spend money on or what you save up for. It changes your lifestyle. You see, it's putting the needs of others above our own wants. It's the whole idea of giving till it hurts. You see, God, God wants us to do this not because he wants us to hurt, but because he knows the joy of giving sacrificially. Last week we talked about Jesus considered it pure joy to endure the cross. Jesus dove all in for you. He asked you to do, do, do the same so that you can encounter that pure joy for yourself. To begin to sacrifice our idols to God, to, to ask for his help and his strength and once you become willing to try and you let your faith start to impact what you do, now you move into conscious competence. You know what you need to do. And you're able to use that skill, but with effort. It takes a lot of intentional practice to do something new. That's a, the beautiful thing about learning is that you are practicing to do something that is just beyond your ability. And at first you're going to fail. But more and more you get closer and closer and closer and finally you start being successful. And the more successful you become, then, it, then it's just second nature. And it happens. And then that's your job to reach out just beyond what you're capable of. And continue doing that learning process your entire life. You spend time connecting with God in worship. You get connected with a small group. You plug into areas in your community that need help. And it's not easy at first. As with all things new, you're, you're doing something just beyond your capacity. And it won't be perfect, but it's important to do. It is so important, and this is why. I found myself just wondering that question. Why, God, is it that you would, you would call us to a life of sacrifice? Is it because that that's just what good disciples are supposed to do? I don't think so. Is it because that's what good disciples look like? Again, I don't think so. Neither of those are, are right. It's about what you become, who you are, as a natural reflection of what God has done in your life. It's a result of being open to the changes that God wants to make in your life. The life of sacrifice is time and talent and treasure, not time or talent or treasure. It's total commitment, whole hog, jump in. This morning, there is a ministry fair happening right outside. If you leave from, from here, you can either go out that door or go out that door and then enter into the, the new gym. And there are, there are several community agencies that are in there that are hungry for your help. Places that are actively engaged in our community, doing amazing things for God and looking for your help to sacrifice. And keep practicing, and with time, it becomes second nature, and then that moves you into unconscious competence. That performing the skill just becomes automatic. 
If we engage in worship gatherings, spiritual formation groups, and community connections, the Holy Spirit will begin to increase our faith and grow us into those disciples that result in a transformed life. We'll naturally want to use the resources He's given us to bless those with whom we have influence. And we begin to do that without even realizing it, like the sheep in our parable today. Whether it be for the least of these, other believers, or those who bring us the good news. With an awakened heart, you remember daily who you are in Christ, and that power of the resurrection is at work changing you. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would descend on us today, and and wherever we are in those stages of learning, we pray that you would move us into the next. Not that everything would be instant and immediate, but that you would continue growing us to be the men and women you would have us become. We pray that you would give us hearts to serve others just because that is, that is what you have done for us. We praise you for your great sacrifice on the cross. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.